Welcome to Mount Isa Birth Stories. This is a podcast for women who have birthed in Mount Isa to share their stories. We hope these conversations can help our fellow pregnant sisters feel more prepared for their birthing time. If you would like to share yours, please contact us on social media at Mount Isa Birth Stories. There is strictly no naming of our local nurses, midwives and doctors. Please note nothing in these episodes is to be taken as medical advice. Please see your healthcare provider if you have any medical concerns. Enjoy the episode. In today's episode, we have Therese sharing with us the births of Cora and Emma Raya. We talk about her feelings around unexpectedly falling pregnant, how she coped with the long labor, and the difference between thriving or merely surviving your postpartum period. I hope you enjoy this episode. So you got, you've had two babies, hey? Yeah, so my eldest is 19 months and my youngest is three months on Thursday. She turned three months. Oh, no, I didn't realise your babies were that young, like your littlest one. Yeah, yeah, no, they're two under two, so it's, oh, yeah. on you. <laughs> How are you finding it? It's a challenge, not going to lie. Two under two definitely challenges a lot about yes. yourself, but yes. at the same time, it's really cool to watch them both grow so much in such a short period of time. Yeah, and like Cora's just an absolutely doting Aww. big sister, so it's absolutely right. adorable to watch. And yeah, yeah, having gone through the experience with Cora so recently, going in again with MRI, I was kind of like, okay, a little bit more open minded to everything, and you know, yeah, able to kind of take a little bit more control, I guess, yeah, yeah. for myself and feel a little bit more comfortable in you know, I actually know what I'm doing instead of just listening to what everybody else wanted you to do. Yeah. So. yeah. That's, that's why I think stories like yours are good because you've had two experiences, two different experiences. And especially when you're heading into pregnancy with no experience as a first time mom, it's nice to hear what moms would do different or just their take on it. You know what I mean? Especially that first pregnancy and birth. Yeah. So especially like with Cora, we um, yeah, so Russ and I never planned on having kids because he has two boys to a previous relationship. Oh, okay. Yep. And so we never actually planned on having children of our own because we were quite content with um, having the boys. And so yeah. when we found out that we were pregnant with Cora, I remember like I literally was ready to have the doctor tell me, you know, sorry, you've got cervical cancer type thing because of my experience with the Gardasil vaccination. Oh, and um yeah. And so, you know, I was all ready for that. And then he went, yeah. no, you're pregnant. And I was like, sorry, what? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like there was only one possible time that that happened. Like, are you sure? Yeah. And yeah. he's like, yeah, like the test is turning positive. And I was like, well, I've done tests and they were all negative. Like, I, are you sure? Yeah. And yeah. I just burst into tears and mm-hmm. like Ross had no idea what to do. Because he's yeah. like, oh my gosh, like you don't cry. And you're like absolutely <laughs> yeah. hysterical at this. Whereas yeah. like, you know, and to me, I felt so guilty for the whole first trimester of her pregnancy because I was like, you know, some people struggle to fall pregnant and, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't want this. Why is this happening to me? Like, this is going to ruin my life. Yeah. And, you know, I had such a negative view of it in the beginning and it took me the whole first trimester 
to kind of work through that and then start going, mm-hmm. oh, you know what? This is like, could be really cool. Like, you know, you've yeah. got this little human that's completely unaware of all the terrible stuff in the world and you get to shape <laughs> this person into, you know, and just watch them grow. Like this could actually be a really good experience. And, yeah. and then I was like, but you're stuck with them for 18 years. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And to me, I was just like, this is, you know, like this is just not on par with where I'm at. And at the time I was doing my master's in forensic mental health. And so I was like, you know what, this just does not slot in with me. Like, yeah, this is not where I'm at. And then, so once I overcome that and then like her pregnancy was amazing. It was honestly the most calm pregnancy ever. She did like, you know, did her movements and stuff, zero scares, just, like a little bit of nausea in the beginning and like just one of those pregnancies where it's like oh yeah you could do this like what's so hard but it's like not every pregnancy is like this um (laughs) and so like and then her birth was I was in labor for 21 hours from early labor to when she was delivered wow so that was um yeah that was quite a lot a lot yeah (laughs) And um, especially what, being the first one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so did, so that sounds like a lovely pregnancy you had. It's almost like mm. she was trying to say to you, it's going to be okay, mum. <laughs> like, it's not so bad. Yeah. Like, and I actually like shot. had gone to um, the psychic um, Eleanor before she oh, passed. Yeah. And uh-huh. so she um, told me, that was before I even met Ross. And she told me, you know, you're going to be living here. Can you not do that to your sister, please? <laughs> Um, like, you know, you're going to be living here, you're going to buy a house, you're going to find your forever person and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, like, no way. Like, that's just yeah. going to happen. I've just mm-hmm. moved out of here after finishing uni. There's no way all of that is going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she said within three years, you're going to have a little girl. And I just went, that's not going to happen. I'm not even with anyone. <laughs> yeah. Like, no way. Yeah. And then when I fell pregnant, I was like, oh, and then it was like, I think I was two months pregnant with her, like eight weeks. Yeah. And I went, hang on, didn't Eleanor say this? So I re-listened to the um, recording and I was like, oh, wow. Wow, that's so I was special. like, it's a girl. And Russ <laughs> was like, you can't say that. I'm like, it's a girl. <laughs> yeah. And then when it was a girl, I was like, okay, like I'm where I'm meant to be. I'm meant to be, you know, doing this. And even if yeah. it does feel right to me at the moment it obviously is so yeah what was your thoughts like because you weren't planning on being a mum or anything like that what was your Mm. idea of birth and like what was did you have like expectations of what would happen um like with your first pregnancy I mean um like what was it like in your head before you had a baby and did you make any particular plans for the birth or anything like that I didn't want to go in clouded with a plan. I felt like having a plan kind of put too much pressure on myself. Yep. And um, so I kind of went, you know what, um, how about we just see how I'm going with it? Yep. Because I, my, on a day-to-day basis, I have a high pain threshold. But <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know what that's going to look like when you're in labor. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> that's completely different. Yeah. And um, so we kind of went in with open eyes and minds and just went you know like we'll just take it as it comes and see how I go yeah Um, yeah my mum had put a fair bit of fear into me that my pelvis would be too small to give natural birth 
Was that based on? Yeah, that was her experience. And so Mm -hmm. for like, and then it was also her grandma's experience. And so to her, she's like, you know, you could very well have a small pelvis and yeah, I I could also not have a small pelvis. Like, yeah. So I was juggling that at the same Mm -hmm. time. And I just wanted to, you know, when I was able to give natural birth, I was like, yay. Like I know that my pelvis isn't too small for that. Yeah. So then if we were to have another baby, I was, I would be able to say like, you know what, I can actually give birth because my pelvis yeah. is too small. Yeah. That's um a hard thing too, to try and um, kind of like work out in your brain when you're pregnant, like growing up with a story like that, like being almost conditioned in a way to think a certain way about your body. Not that your mother or grandmother would have done that on purpose, but no, so many women, you grow up with these stories about what birth is like and you hear it all the time. And so to fall pregnant and I only have like 40 weeks to try and get, um, to try and readjust work it. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it's a big job. And I can't imagine going in with that in the back of your mind. Um, do you think it impacted on your labor having that, um, in the back of well, your head? She ended up going like eight, she ended up going eight days over. I started going into labor at three thirty on the um Friday morning and then she stopped and then she started again the Saturday morning at the same time and so I was like I don't know if it was like my like she was kind of like you know I'm coming prepare yourself yeah like you you need to sort out whatever you need to sort out yeah like because I was also like oh my gosh like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh and you know I said to Ross like if anything happens can you like save the baby and he was like are you sure and I was like yeah oh yeah that is um (laughs) you must have been stressing a little bit to be thinking that I reckon well like you know mum was saying things like she ended up in an emergency c-section and just like all this stuff and when after I'd given birth to Cora so I ended up with a second degree tear because I was in the bath at the hospital and mm-hmm. um, then I had to get out of it, obviously, because I couldn't do a water birth there. Um, yep. Except my water bag had started to come out. So it was still intact. Like Cora hadn't broken my water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And so they were like, oh my gosh, we've got to get you out of this water right now. Otherwise we're going to end up with a water birth. Yeah. <laughs> yep. so, so you went, sorry, what time did you get to the hospital when labor started? Like were so you, how many we went up first off. So I went into early labor three thirty a.m. and we went up at I think it was around three o'clock the first time. Yeah. In the afternoon, just because I was like, you know, they're starting to ramp up, and I'm not too sure. Yeah. What type of contraction this is? Like, yeah, I've not mm-hmm. felt this before, so I actually have nothing to gauge this on. Yeah. And I, I had to have the drip in my arm for strep because I tested positive with GPS yeah Yeah. so um I had to make sure that I was there at the hospital with enough time before she was born so I was a bit worried about that as well yeah yeah so you probably got a little bit earlier yeah yeah Yeah. and Mm -hmm. so we went up around I'm pretty sure it was around three o'clock in the afternoon and my midwife checked me over and went you know what you've thinned out but you've still got like you're about at about two to four centimeters like you got to keep going yeah. type thing and I was like all right no worries at least now I kind of know yeah that we are progressing and you know yeah still got a little bit to go and um come 7 30 yeah. uh that night I had 
I think it was about eight within 10 minutes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I just went and like, no, like she's really coming. Like I need to get to the hospital. Like I need to have that drip. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so we went up and then she was born at 1243. That oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was still another few hours, but she yeah. just didn't seem to want to break my waters. <laughs> yeah. And then, she, uh, and then she just rocketed out all at once. Like Ross said, if you, you wow. know, tip a bucket of water off of a two-story building just all at once <laughs> and the sound yeah. that it makes when it hits that cement, that's what it yeah. sounded like. <laughs> wow. What an entrance. <laughs> yeah. What and she has not stopped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what a sweetheart. Um, what type yeah. of things were you doing at home to cope with labour? Well, I was walking around the house, like just doing laps. So we um, decided that we were going to announce Cora's birth with the belly cast that we did. Oh, cool. And um, we hadn't painted it yet. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. Ross is frantically painting at the dining room table and I'm walking <laughs> laps of the house in labour and he's like bringing me all these printouts of oh, nice. fonts and stuff like, oh, do you want this font? Do you want that font? What colour do you want this? And I'm yeah. like in labour answering these questions, just walking around. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> and like just standing there and rocking. And I got in the yeah. bath at one point. Mm -hmm. I tried to have a warm bath just to try and relax. Yeah, yeah. It didn't really work too well, like, because mm -hmm. obviously, like, the water would go cold and I'm like, you know what, this is just not working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when but, you went to the hospital, they, they filled the bath up for you to labour in it? Yeah, and, like, I thought it would help, except I actually started really regretting it after a bit, except yep. I was just so tired that I was sleeping between contractions that I was wow. worried about it. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. like because the water would just keep going cold and they could only fill it so much and you know yeah. it just wasn't insulated so it didn't keep the warmth of the water yeah 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 so, but yeah. otherwise I'd use the shower before I got in the bath um at yeah. the hospital just to have that pressure and I was just sitting on the floor rocking side to side nice. because I just had to keep moving yeah and, um, yeah, and Ross said even when I was, like, delivering, it was always my left leg that just kept kicking. Yeah, and, right. Um, yeah. And funnily enough, as a baby, that's all Cora ever did was kick with her left leg. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Down yeah, like, well, leading up to when she was due, her head was off to the left a bit. So I don't know if she just hadn't quite lined it up. And, yeah. like, kicking my leg kind of moved that hip enough that it was kind of shuffling her over <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> oh that's crazy and so did you have any pain like med um, like pain relief in labor at all uh yeah I had gas and I think I reached 50 50 with Cora yeah yeah and how did you find it like do you have any tips because I know some mums have trouble like using gas like did it did it work well for you that was the first time I've ever used gas um it was weird to be yeah. honest and yeah I found myself kind of like once you kind of realize that you just meant to breathe normally, like it's mm -hmm. not kind of like you're not sucking it in to try and swallow it or anything like that. It's just a matter of breathing. Yeah. And yeah. Once you find your rhythm and I kind of looked at my contractions like a mountain. Mm -hmm. And so once it started to come on, that's when I would start to suck the gas so that it had built up enough. So then when it was at its peak, it was actually relieving. Yeah. 
the pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then as it was going down, then you kind of slow your breathing back down and just, yeah, like really yeah. trying to calm down and then just like enjoy the, well, I slept between contractions yeah. with Cora, but enjoy yeah. that down time and just relish mm. in the fact that, you know, there will be another one, except you're more yeah. prepared now because you've gotten through that last one. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, was there any points in your labor that you felt like you couldn't do it, like you lost confidence and you were like, I can't do it or did that happen for you? No, not with Cora. Um, I did have that with MRI though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like with Cora, it was just, I was so exhausted that like, I just, I mm. essentially just allowed my body to just succumb to the fact that, you know, like yeah. you're giving birth so just, you know, go with it, relax yeah. as, as you can zone yeah. out mentally but still be present enough to know what's going on and all yeah. that type of stuff um yeah there's was, a lot to be said for that like just surrendering <laughs> just letting your body yeah. do it all sometimes if we try and think like, too much about it hey it just makes it worse honestly the more that you try to fight it it just seems to make it so much harder yeah and yeah. like and then once you give birth like the feeling of the baby exiting your body once mm. that happens it's like this sense of relief yeah yeah but it's also just like so peaceful even though the baby's screaming the hospital. <laughs> yeah it's, it's so peaceful and it's just like you know what we like you know we did it like we got yeah there. it's amazing and and that's like perfect, baby, it's like, oh. yeah <laughs> it just goes within a second all of the all of the pain or yeah the intensity yeah, like i can recall contractions like the back of my hand like wow. I can easily tell somebody how the contractions felt, but when mm. you're pushing out the baby, that's mm -hmm. the pain that you don't remember. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, when women are always like, you know, you, you like, you know, you forget about the pain. Like I can remember my contractions, but yeah. the pushing out of the babies is where like your body just releases these hormones that just make it so that you're, you know, yeah. you're in the moment you've done it. And then afterwards it's just like that relief yeah. washes mm -hmm. over you and the pain as such of pushing out the baby yeah yeah it's like born yeah oh that's so nice what a feat to 21 hours of labor your first baby <laughs> well done you. yeah that was crazy and then yeah. mri as my second one was six hours so awesome that's a that's yeah a, yeah wow it's and what was stitching up and everything like that like you had a tear with is it how do you say her name Cora Cora yeah Cora, um, what was that like for you it was confronting mm -hmm. um because mm -hmm. I was kind of you have mixed emotions like you know now my body's damaged and you kind of go through that whole like is it even my body anymore yeah like, yeah you know, what what is this like you know it was a vessel for another human being and like <laughs> now now what is it like you know yeah mm -hmm. and you go through all that and you've got all those feelings you've got all the feelings after having just given birth like all your hormones are going everywhere yeah and then you know and then add stitches on top and it's like the healing side of that and then yeah. you know everyone like I'm I'm not one for stitches. I very rarely hurt myself, so I don't go to the hospital much. Yeah. yeah. So to have stitches and in such a vulnerable place, yeah. I was like, mm -hmm. this is really confronting. Like, yeah. mm -hmm. Especially, I was not ready for it <laughs> at yeah. all. 
especially too, I think if you are a woman who's literally, yeah, like you said, never go to the hospital or like, you know, you just don't have to go there because nothing's really happened and you haven't had much experience with like broken bones or stitches. And then all of a sudden it's, I remember feeling a feeling with my first daughter, like I felt like I had just been butchered. (laughs) Like it was a bad delivery, but I thought, what the fuck just happened to my body? Like I've got stitches, (laughs) a shock. And especially yeah, to never have had that experience. And then the first experience with the hospital is that. It is like, yeah, quite shocking. <laughs> it was, except I had really good doctors and midwives. Like they oh, did like everything that. that they could to make me feel more comfortable. Um, so a lot of them were like, you know, for your first baby, you've done amazing. And I was yeah. like, thanks. But then on the inside, I was like, I still have stitches in places they shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, yeah. Know, it's, it might have been an amazing feat, according to you, but to me, I'm like, I have stitches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's stitches in places that I don't really want people to have to keep checking. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So true. I feel freaked out when I get a pap smear, let alone, <laughs> you know, stitches down there for, yeah. It's, exactly because it's, it's you know you're always taught it's an intimate part of your body yeah. and then when you go through childbirth everybody on that maternity ward sees you bit like, <laughs> yeah you say at all in anything that happens yeah and it's just yeah. like so different it is yeah. yeah oh and what was um your postpartum like like when you went home and did you breastfeed and how was getting used to having a baby at home what was that like for you? Yeah, so it was a bit, it was very like I've had two incredibly different experiences with it. But with Cora, it was yeah. So he had to go back to um, work. I think it was about two days after I got home from the hospital. Oh and, wow! Um, yeah, and then Mum also left, so she was in the room for the delivery as well. Um, and she left back to her work. I think it was um, the day before Ross. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so everyone kind of like abandoned me at home with this baby. And I was like, so what do I do now? Yeah, (laughs) that's really strange. And, um, you know, like they both couldn't help it. They had to get back to their jobs and, you know, you have situations like that. And so I was like, okay, like, you know, throw in the deep end, you sink or swim type thing. Yeah, for sure. And um, we were breastfeeding at the beginning and yeah. as time went on, like I kind of went, you know, she's taking an hour and a half to feed. Mm-hmm. And so I'm up like for three hours at a time mm-hmm. with her every time she woke every four hours. So I'm like, oh, yeah, wow. she's sleeping for four hours. But I was like, she's also up for three hours. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, how is this working? Yeah. And everyone that I spoke to about it just went, oh, that's normal. Like, you know, it's okay. And I was like, I feel like this isn't normal though. Yeah, not sustainable. And, yeah. And I was incredibly sleep deprived. Like, yeah. You know, and they give you those questionnaires about postnatal depression and stuff. And I think yeah. like now looking back with my comparison of having MRI to compare to, I was like, uh, I actually think I was borderline postnatal. Yeah. Except mm-hmm. I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. Because yeah. I actually didn't know how, you know, I essentially not should be feeling, but mm-hmm. how I could be feeling. Yeah. And yeah. all of the things that I could be doing. Like, you know, I 
to me that was okay like this is just what having a baby's like yeah that's you you don't have the perspective of another experience hey and like exactly deprivation you just don't recognize it I guess yeah yeah and like it reached one point where Ross called me one morning and he's like you know he just like gone to work and it was like you know I just want to check in that you're okay and I just went yep and I just went silent and he's like okay I'm coming home yeah and I was like yeah oh okay like righto and then when he got home he's like you know what's wrong I'm like she just won't stop crying at me yeah Mm. like she was just non-stop crying I was like all I want to do is take a shower yeah Mm -hmm. like and I just I can't put her down for 10 minutes to jump in the shower like you know this is hard I can't Mm -hmm. do this and he's like you can you have been go for Mm. a shower I'll watch her and then yeah. she turns around and sleeps all day, the little witch. Mm. <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, oh, come on. Yeah. Oh, and he's like, oh, I just have the touch. I'm like, you know what? You two are in like this little pack together and I just, I'm yeah. not a part of this and I do not like this. Oh, <laughs> and, um, yeah. yeah. But it was like Did- after, the, once she hit three months, everything got so much easier. I started to kind of go, you know what? It's actually not that bad and it yeah. can be really fun and, you know, I obviously healed with my stitches. I started to feel a little bit more like me again. Yeah. Um, yeah. But mm-hmm. when she hit 10 weeks, I had no milk left at all. So, um, right. mm-hmm. yeah, thankfully at eight weeks, I'd noticed it was dwindling. So we did a bit of a transition thing and a bit of yeah. mixed feeding. And mm-hmm. um, come 10 weeks, she was solely formula from then on so yeah yeah and how did you feel about that like did you have expectations on yourself for breastfeeding or anything like that did it impact on you or were you quite you felt like pretty good about it I had set like a mini goal of like you know if I can just get to three months yeah like Mm -hmm. then I'll I'll be happy with that that way then I've gotten her through like essentially the fourth trimester yeah Um, yeah you know well you pretty much got there yeah pretty well um it was devastating when I realized like the first time that like I have no milk to feed my kids yeah that's hard and, like we hadn't thought about it because I didn't have milk everywhere like enough milk to feed a village yeah and it was just yeah. non-stop there that I hadn't bothered to pick up a tin of formula because I was like you know what I've always got yeah. milk so I don't have to worry mm-hmm. about that yeah yeah um, oh, jokes on that... me because I did <laughs> and so on a Sunday in Mount Isa Ross is driving around to like food works and stuff trying to get yeah. a tin of formula trying to find it it was this one that was made in Mexico. He's like, I don't know how good it is. Yeah. If it passes Australian standards, who cares? He's like, uh, this is like, you know, one bottle and that is it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, damn, no Sunday trading here. Yeah. Oh, well, so, that's good. And so did you guys plan on having another baby or was she another little surprise baby? We spoke about having another one because we went, you know, the boys come out for holidays until recently. We now have Ross's eldest boy with us permanently. Um, But they would come out for holidays and then they'd go back to Hewenden where they live um, for the school term. And we spoke about like, you know, when she gets older, the impact on her Mm -hmm. of going from having these other kids in their house and then they're gone. Yeah. And she's back yeah. to being on her own and then, you know, mm-hmm. having them again. And then 
And so we kind of went, do we have a second child for the purpose of making it easier on them? Yeah. Like, you know, because we yeah. understand why it's happening, but as a four-year-old, <laughs> like, you know, that can yeah. get yeah. a bit hard. And so mm-hmm. we decided, you know what, let's have another one and we'll, you know, and then that's our family done. Yeah, yeah. Um, we thought we'd start trying because we're like, you know, we don't know how long it could take to fall pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we had spoken about waiting until Cora's first birthday, but she was around seven months when I fell pregnant with MRI. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's happening again. Radio. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Uh, and what was your feelings like like um like when you fell pregnant with Cora and it was obviously a very emotional shock <laughs> to know your life's about to change when you weren't planning it. Um what was it like the second time around like your pregnancy and everything like that? We were really excited actually like when we fell pregnant. I was like, "Oh my yeah. gosh, like it mm-hmm. happened." Yeah, no, lovely. She's going to have a sibling like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And um and then we kind of went, oh, like, is this one going to be a boy or a girl? And we started getting, like, a lot more excited about those mini milestones throughout the pregnancy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, with Amariah in the first, it was pretty much the whole pregnancy, really. I could not eat bananas. Oh, really? I, yeah, 20 minutes later and I'd be spewing. Like, I, oh. I have yeah. no idea what it was, but yeah. I could not eat bananas that's crazy she does not like them (laughs) no and reflux for both of the pregnancies was an absolute killer Uh, yeah that is so bad nobody tells you that Mm, did you do anything in particular to help it or did you just have to like suffer through it Look, I tried my Lanta, I tried the um, quickies, I tried um, the Rennies, like I tried everything yeah, and yeah. nothing worked. All I could do was have a cold iced, like iced coffee. That wow. was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You poor thing. <laughs> and once I had that, then it was done. What, um, was it a similar, like that towards the end of your pregnancy, was it a different experience or was it just the birth that you found different yeah. or? I was, it's almost like a sense of, um, I don't know how to explain it. Like almost like you're not sad, sad, but it's like Mm -hmm. a sense of like, you know, this is, this is the end. Like I'm, I'm not going to have another baby. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the last time my belly's going to look this way. This is the last time I'm going to feel that little kick again. Like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. those types of moments I found myself kind of relishing in yeah and also yeah. like you know I'd watch mommy can't talk on the teddy <laughs> and, uh, and um and it's like you know you'd watch Cora with the um with the belly and how she was growing and starting to rub the belly and all that type of stuff and it's like you know these are your last few weeks as yeah. just being you like mm-hmm. you know you kind of just really enjoyed that last moment before you had yeah. that newborn baby. Yeah. Um, but I did find myself a lot more calm the second mm-hmm. time around because I was like, you know what, it just happens when it happens. Yeah. And the staff at the hospital um, saw me approaching the due date and just went, look, you went eight days over with your last one. Like, I'll see you if you're still pregnant at 41. 
Cool. And I was like, yeah, awesome. Like, so thank no, you for not like, putting that pressure. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. Even a mention sometimes for some women, aka me, <laughs> um, just the <laughs> mention of an induction around 40 weeks was enough to just stress me out. Not that I knew my, I would go into labor, but I was stressed about pressure of induction and things like that. And it's funny how even just the mention of it can literally stress you out that bad that the baby doesn't come. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, nice that like, content with that. And that was exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, like we had that conversation with Cora when yeah. I was still 40 weeks pregnant and like she did have me like quite big compared to how big I got with Amariah. But, yeah. um, you know, so I could understand like first baby, they're not really sure on anything. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, I, like, I don't want to be induced. Yeah. And they were like, um well your baby's got to come out <laughs> yeah and I was like I'm I know that <laughs> like, yeah I don't want to be induced yeah and then yeah. they had the conversation about like epidurals and stuff and I was like no I don't want a catheter yeah and yeah. they're like is that you're deciding I'm like I do not want a catheter yeah I was I like it. you know if I'm gonna give birth just give me my little shred of dignity with not having a catheter please <laughs> yeah um, yeah did you have um, any um like experiences with that like with friends or something like what made you think you didn't want an induction was there just research you had done or no, I, I had a stretch and sweet with Cora and I went, yeah. if being induced is anything like that, I don't mm. ever want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. That is just, I was yeah. like, that is something different and I don't ever want that ever again. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But luckily she was born the morning of the Sunday that I would have had to go up to the hospital getting ready to be induced on the Monday. Yeah. So yeah. she came just before lovely she knew yeah I was like please come out yeah she wanted to spare her mummy with MRI it was literally 9 30 we went to bed and I couldn't get comfy and I rolled over in bed at 10 30 because I was like oh what's the time now and I was like oh it's 10 30 and I like rolled over trying to get comfortable again and I was like I think I just peed myself oh wow and he's like Oh, it's happening and I'd never seen my husband move so fast and he jumped up got his flashlight on his phone just to see what he's like oh that's so and, funny um, and then he's like it's happening it's happening and I was like be quiet you're gonna wake Cora up like, oh that would have been a different experience with you because your waters just basically didn't break until the end with Cora Exactly. And I just nonstop felt like I was wetting myself. Yeah. And I was like, this is something different. Like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, there's so much. There, right? <laughs> I know there's so much. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, okay. Like I haven't had contractions yet. Like, does this mean that she's just about to move on down and you yeah. know, get born without any contractions? Or yeah. like, How how far along are you at this point? I was what she was four days past her due date. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. So pretty well when you'd expect her yeah. to come. Yeah. Because I was like, oh no, like I'm gonna end up being a week over and sitting yeah. at the hospital having this conversation about being induced. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh well, like I've I've tried everything, like going for walks nonstop. Like, mm-hmm. I was still lifting Cora at that stage. Like, you know, I was still doing 
quite a lot of stuff and like you know because your other child's life doesn't stop just because you're reaching the end of a pregnancy yeah yeah and so you know you're still cleaning you're still picking up all the toys like you're still doing all that stuff and just she was like yeah no not my time yet yeah (laughs) and so um like and so that was 10 30 that night so then I called my midwife because I was on the NGP oh cool Um, yeah yeah for both of them so lovely that was a really good experience to have that one consistent person and not have to go through everything every time yeah 100 percent. you can contact them whenever and it's just such so lovely yeah and um so yeah, I contacted her and let her know that, you know, my waters are broken. Like, yeah. you know, did you need me to come up to the hospital or, you know, yeah. can we stay at home for a bit or like, you know, how does this kind of work? I was like, because with yeah. Cora, my waters didn't break, so I didn't have to worry about anything. Yeah. And, um, and she goes, oh, if you can come up and we'll just check it out and make sure that, you know, everything's all good. She's like, only mm-hmm. because once your waters break, you're at increased risk of infections and stuff. And I was like, oh, I didn't realise that. Like, what? <laughs> did so, you, um, yeah. did you score positive for GBS this time? No. Cool. Sweet. No. So, so I I'd... get nothing for a drip or anything. No. And so we, um, yeah, so we kind of planned on staying home as long as what we could. Um, yeah. until either I wasn't coping with it or, yeah. you know, it was, you know, babies coming, coming, like we've got to go type thing. Um, so we went up and she checked me over and said everything's all good. And so then we come back home. That was at about 1230. Yeah. Um, and then come 130, um, I was getting contractions. Like I'd had no oh. more sleep because not soon after I laid back down in bed, after getting home, we were like, yeah, she started the contractions. And yes. Ross had gone in and laying with Cora because Cora had woken. So he was in there with her and I was like, oh, no. So I went to where mum, mum, the room that mum was staying in with us and I was like, I need you to go in and get Ross. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need to go back to the hospital. Yeah, and um, yeah. so we ended up at the hospital at 2.30 Mm-hmm. And then she was born at 4.30. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's super yeah. fast compared to your last one. <laughs> Incredibly fast. Yeah. Like she, was just, it, mm-hmm. she just took control and that was it. Yeah. Was it, was it many things different about the labor? Like did you kind of do the shower, the pool, um, the bath? I mean, um, did you kind of use the same coping mechanisms and things like that for this labor? I found that just like at home, I'd just kind of walk around and then I'd stood mm-hmm. like stand holding onto the back of one of our dining room chairs and just rock, like sway my yeah. hips side to side yeah. and just kind of getting into that rhythm and transferring my weight from one foot to the other seemed to yeah. really help. Love that. Um, but, mm-hmm. and then when I got up to the hospital, I had the gas because her contractions were just so intense. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Cora, like, Cora's labor was longer except steadier in the sense that the intensity of the contractions took time to build. Yeah. yeah. With, with MRI, it was just like, wham, bam, like hit the roof. Yeah. We're going. Like, yeah. Fast and furious. Yeah. Like there's no lead into this. Like you've had yeah. round one, we're round two now. So you get ready. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, Oh my Lord. Like, yeah. <laughs> Just gonna, like, hold on for the ride. <laughs> yeah, wow. and so, 
Um, yeah. I had the gas again with MRI. I was sick yeah. with both the girls the first time, like having the gas first off. It made me a little yeah. bit nauseous. But once yeah. I got through that, then it was just finding my rhythm with breathing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I was a bit worried about tearing again because yeah. I was like, if I've done it once, like, you know, is it going to happen again? Because it's like, you know, muscle memory and it's yeah. just kind of going to let go. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, my midwife had stepped out of the room for like a whole of two seconds Ross yeah. said it was, and then I'd like started having a contraction and then all, all of a sudden like I just felt this weight wow. and I was like she's coming like she's mm-hmm. she's right there she's coming right now like she is there and <laughs> yep. um so the button got pressed and <laughs> Ross laughed because all you could hear was the midwife's little feet coming like running <laughs> down that hallway yeah and um and yeah, and so then she's like, you know, you're going to have to really slow it down, like slow it down with your breath. That way then you don't end up tearing again. And she was so good with her calm voice. Like it was just, you didn't feel like she was like instructing you on what to do. It was kind of, yeah. it was more of a guidance and letting you have that experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, so nice. Yeah, and I was really thankful for being taught how to actually slow it down. Because yeah, before right. I was never, like, I wasn't taught kind of like how to take control over the muscles in your body right. using yep. your breath. Whereas so how did you MRI, do it? Yeah, sorry. Yep. No, you're right. So whereas with MRI, um, you know, we'd had conversations about when you do the deeper breaths, you're breathing all the way down through. Mm-hmm. Whereas like when you're wanting to slow it down and kind of hold the baby where the baby is, you have mm-hmm. to do those shallower breaths which is like yeah. panting. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did that and I was able to slow it right down so that she came out. I think I ended up with like, I had one minor tear, but because yeah. it was deep, it required like a few stitches, but nowhere near yeah. what Corus was. Oh, lovely. And was the recovery down there quicker as well? Oh yeah. Like, so I was discharged yeah. from the hospital within six hours. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I did the six hour discharge cause I just wanted to get back home in my own yeah. environment to be mm-hmm. able to just be, um, to also have MRI around the noises yeah. that she's used to. Yeah. And, um, you know, just to make it a lot calmer. Like I had Ross and mum at home, like mum was here for a few more weeks. So nice. I had that time of like, you know, having the support, but I also didn't want to be away from Cora any more than what I yeah. had to be. Yeah. Like, it's it is- a different experience with your second, hey, like you just want to get yeah. out of the hospital. <laughs> Not for everyone, yeah. but yeah, I can see why. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I didn't see her when she went off to daycare that morning, but then when she came home from daycare, it's like mum and baby's here. That's so, so special. Yeah. yeah. How did she and- react or was she still quite a bit too little? Like, did she... What, what was she no, like she walked she in the stuff? door. <laughs> she walked in the door with Ross because Ross went and got her. And yeah. um, she walks in and she looked like to the left and saw like me sitting on the lounge and I was holding MRI. And she just kind of looks over and went like, "Mum," and I was like, "Yeah, baby." And then she's like, "Baby," oh, <laughs> like, so cute. Baby here. and she just ran up like, "Baby." like she just absolutely loves her sister it's the cutest thing yeah 
oh how that's all in a day's work right like she goes I know right comes back and mommy's there with a baby I feel like women and that back in the older generations just like flip their wigs when they realize women are leaving hospital at six hours these days they like freak out like you know back in the day it was like bed rest for however long it's so now that you have to leave yeah like mum goes oh you should have taken advantage and like stayed in the hospital I'm like no actually being in a hospital yeah. makes me so nervous like I just yeah yeah I want to relax like I'm you know it's my second time around I'm more in tune with like you know what should be happening and yeah all that type of stuff like I you know yeah. I just want to be more relaxed myself so then hopefully that passes on to Bob and then Bob can just focus yeah. on you know, being a baby on feeding on yeah. you know doing those things and then yeah. as a family like everyone's got that time to adjust yeah and then it's not just like you know oh you know mum's in hospital with baby for like a week and then yeah mm-hmm. know, it yeah. makes it so much like just so different when it's your second one yeah did you put anything in place um postpartum wise to try to make it a little bit easier on yourself like um did you have like did you say your mother stayed a little bit longer this time and was there any yeah so she was here for a few weeks um and then it was um ross had some leave as well yeah and so that helped a little bit um Mm -hmm. But then I also had to kind of stop and evaluate, like trying to get Cora into a bit of a better routine of a nighttime. Yeah. And yeah. just had to try and work like out a routine for her. That mm. way, then it was hopefully going to end up in a space where they were both just able to have their routine. Yeah. She yeah. me for a dummy. <laughs> They've um, been so good. <laughs> but oh, no. yeah, so we worked out a routine for her. That way then mm-hmm. her bedtime's a little bit more consistent for herself and getting yeah. off to sleep and stuff. And as MRI's grown now, they both go down for sleep. Like they're normally asleep around the 7, 7.30 mark. Oh, and nice. yeah. MRI sleeps through the night. Like she's... Lovely. I was ready oh. for a, you know, baby that woke on the hour every hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But she has not done that to me. Lovely. And so do you feel like emotionally you're, you're coping a little bit better? like yeah it's a bit easier than yeah yeah and also like with Cora I'd always I essentially went from being like an excuses person to a reasons yeah yeah. and like with Cora I'd come up with all the excuses under the sun about like why it's too hard to go out for a walk why it's too hard to go to the shops why it's too hard to like yeah. you know do all that stuff on my own like you know I'd kind of just wait for Ross to be on days off and then go and do the stuff with him and yeah. I don't know if it's because I also lacked a little bit of confidence within myself yeah. and my ability yeah 100% and it's like, you know when you're out doing something everybody's watching you because mm-hmm. everybody yeah. watches where the babies are like you know and yeah I was I don't know if it was like a little bit of a subconscious of like you know people are going to be watching you like you've got these expectations to uphold and yeah all that type of stuff as well um, yeah whereas with MRI and Cora even though having two under two is harder mm-hmm. I'm literally like I walk every day yeah like you know we go and do something every day like you know it's yeah. not 
mm-hmm. I don't kind of go, oh no, it's too hard. I'm like, no, because it actually like, you know, we get outside, we get like, you know, the sunshine, we hear the birds, yeah. we, you know, walk along and talk about the cows that we see. Like, you know, oh, that's it's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And like the easiest way to kind of explain it's like, you know, you jump from excuses to reasons, like, you know. Yeah. That really makes sense. And I think it is easy to get um, like housebound, <laughs> especially it sometimes is. in Mount Isa. Like it is so hot here at times and I feel like I hibernate during the summer. <laughs> like I don't want to go outside. And like you said, I just make excuses. But um, it really benefits the whole family, hey, when you can get out once a day at least and be out yeah. in nature. And so good for the kids too. Exactly. Oh, good for you. And so how's breastfeeding going this time around? Well, we've hit three months and still going strong, so that's a positive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, she's yeah. also managed to keep feeding. Like, I've had my cycle return, and I actually oh, yeah. thought my milk would go with it. Um, yeah. Except she's managed to feed through two cycles so far, so. Awesome. That's so um, good. Does she get fussy when you're having when you're on your period does she get all she has a bit of a grizzle and she starts to get a bit whingy but she's also got Mm -hmm. teeth moving around at the moment so it's probably a bit of a combination of both yeah (laughs) because she just wants to you know teeth and get it over with obviously yeah (laughs) um, (laughs) but like she tends to like cluster feed during the day but she's still sleeping through the night um during those weeks so She's obviously getting enough that she's able to keep her rhythm, but she's doing the cluster feed, I guess, to make sure that, you know, it's not going anywhere and to stimulate my body to produce more. Yeah, for sure. With Cora, I used to get kind of mad when she was doing the cluster feeds. It's like, you Mm -hmm. know, seriously, you just fed, like you can't possibly (laughs) need to feed again. Like, why do you need to be on me? And you you go through all those motions of like, you know, I just wanted to get the dishes on. I just wanted to like, you know, Whereas now I'm like, oh, you know what? The dishes will be there. Like if you need to yeah. keep feeding, keep feeding. Like, you know, yeah. it's completely yeah. different once you've had that experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's so um, important, I think, for especially for new mums heading into motherhood and especially mums who really are like wanting to breastfeed. Like it's can be so odd because I know before I became a mum, I just, I didn't have much like exposure to anyone breastfeeding. And I just thought like, you know, when you gave a baby a bottle, and it was yeah. done and that was it. And I just thought breastfeeding was exactly like that, except you put them on the boob and then they were done in like 10 minutes. <laughs> like I didn't understand yeah. the physiology, like having a, you know, like, yeah, like you said, keep up with the cluster feeding to bring your milk in. And it's so much, it's so much, it's so different <laughs> to what I thought. And it, that was the biggest shock to me in motherhood was how much I had to breastfeed. Like it just, like. It yeah, is one of the most time consuming things yeah. on the planet. And I don't think it's spoken about enough that everyone understands it. And you know, yeah. if you're not prepared for that, you lose this image of what it's really like, what breastfeeding's really like. And then yeah. you're adding the pressures and then, you know, it's a recipe for feeling depressed. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I think with partners or, or like whoever you're living with or whatever doesn't understand it either and they're coming home from work and the house is trashed and they're like, what did you do? Like... And yeah, what have like, you done all day? <laughs> yeah, then you're getting that pressure as well. And you're thinking, oh my God. Whereas I think when dads and partners are on board, they're so, that's when they really shine, I think. Like, go get me this. Can you please pass me that? Like, I need this. I need some food. Like, and they just kind of, that's where they really support mums, you know, to really 
to breastfeed because I don't know how some women, I totally understand why some women struggle when they don't have supportive people around them. Like, oh, yeah. I can't imagine how hard that would be for them. So, um, yeah. No, oh, well, it is hard. Like, yeah, even yeah. with Cora, like, you know, in the hospital being a first time mum, they were like, oh, it looks like your milk's come in. And I'm like, okay, like, so my boobs look massive. Yeah. Now what? Like, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. What happens next? Like, mm-hmm. what do I do? Yeah. And then they were trying to show me like a few different holds to do and stuff. And I was just trying to like leave it where Cora would just kind of find her way. Yeah. And they were like, no, she must feed, like, you know, keep Mm. my, and they'd come in and put her Mm -hmm. head up to the boob and all the rest of it. And I was kind of like, it started to put that little bit of extra pressure. Mm -hmm. They were like, oh, you can't leave the hospital until she feeds properly. Mm. And I'm like, well, what does what does that mean like how do you know yeah. if she's feeding properly like you know mm-hmm. you yeah, can't exactly. tell how much she's feeding so like yeah yeah what does that it's mean one, hey like I just think babies are just like adults like all of them are so different they have their own little personalities and some don't want to be forced onto the boob <laughs> some some exactly help. some want to sleep for hours some don't some want to wake up and snack all the time and it's just so hard to put to put them in a category and then to say if you fall out of this range you know it's such a it's a struggle for me to try and understand that because <laughs> it, like it puts pressure on mums as well like exactly but like I never had a letdown with Cora I didn't even understand what a letdown mm. was yeah uh-huh. whereas with MRI it's like every feed there's a letdown yeah and I'm like oh like you know when it first happened to me with MRI I was like that's what that is yeah that's so funny because with my first I never felt let downs either like I had no idea I didn't feel it with my second I reckon I felt it for a few months and then it went away and then with Mm. my fourth I felt like there was like a little earthquake behind my nipple every time I'd have a letdown like constantly and I'm like oh and it's so crippling you're like oh my god (laughs) here comes the milk whereas yeah my first I just did not feel any of that I had no idea what that yeah it's bizarre Exactly. And then like everyone kept going, oh, well, she's clearly getting enough because like she was getting 300 grams a week. But I was like, yeah, Mm. but all right, like, you know, that's fine. And then when my milk disappeared, I'm like, everyone told me it would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tricky one, hey? Yeah. Yeah. And whereas like the second time around, I was like, no, I'm more prepared this time. Like I'm more mentally prepared for the, you know, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work out, then I can feed then you know, yeah. so be it because at the end of the day, a happy baby's a healthy, yeah. like, you know, a fed baby's a happy baby and you just 100%. need to go with it. Like, you know. Um, yeah, definitely. Because if I got bogged down on that, then, oh my Lord, like yeah. everything would fall apart. Like, yeah, exactly right. And the mum, mums are so important, like for the whole household's mental health, you know what I mean? Like if exactly. you're, you're well and you're rested and you're happy, like it just, it just goes through the whole family. It's so important that mums are supported and feel well. <laughs> like it's, yeah. Exactly. Which you know with your background. So, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just one of those things that you can see quite easily. Like once you go through an experience of having a baby, just how easy it can be to fall into that bit of a slump and feel like everything's just too much and all the rest of it like you can completely see it and I mean the beauty of motherhood is that every 
baby is different. Everyone's experience with every baby is different. And, you know, but if you kind of compare it to, you know, well, you know, I don't know, random name, Steph next door has, you know, little Joey and Joey's like, you know, an absolute trooper and she doesn't like, you know, she feeds him for 10 minutes and he's absolutely full. Yeah. Yeah. Yet I'm sitting here on my lounge for an hour and a half trying to get my kid to be full. Yeah. you know, like you mm-hmm. can't compare it because it just, if you yeah. start doing that, then that's when it really hits. Yeah. You don't need to deal with that extra pressure in your head of what you're thinking is going on in another household. Hey, like exactly. That's the beauty. I think with having more than one um, to have that perspective, like I know my four are all so different and it's easy now for me to look back and be like that one fed for hours, but not as frequently. And then my son was a snacker. Like he needed to feed more often, but wouldn't feed for mm. as long and you know my last baby has been the most challenging I think and I think the yeah. assumption is it's like oh you're an old hand at it but I think this is just it's like proof that all babies are so different it doesn't matter if it's your fourth one your first one um they just have their own personality say so they just do what yeah, they want to exactly. do and got to kind of hold on for the whole ride <laughs> well they're kind of like you know what you've done that and you've done that so how about you try this you can't just keep doing the same course you got yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah you wanted this <laughs> it's been fun look there's um from my experience and just like when you talk to people there's definitely an a gap I guess for women out here because it's like you know you don't just have becoming a mom you've also got all the different shift works yeah yeah and it's like 12 hours yeah it adds a completely different dynamic to the household and especially like as you know like seven and seven it's for seven Mm -hmm. full days like you know you're not it's not just for a couple of days here and there it's seven at a time like you know and mums don't have like their families here either so they're just by themselves it's exactly exactly and it's like yeah like Ross can go three or four um nights when he's on day shift without seeing Cora because she's fallen asleep Mm. before he's gotten home and he's like you know this sucks (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I get that but yeah and you know then when he's on days off like you know because he misses a whole week he's like oh mm-hmm. mri has grown so much like mm-hmm. you know, since mm-hmm. when did cora start saying sorry like yeah you know it's like exactly. when did all of this happen and it's like oh well that was tuesday this was friday <laughs> yeah. and you know like you, know, and so you kind of have to try and remember and list it all off and it's like yeah. you don't but at the same time it's really refreshing because it's like you've noticed that except because I was living it I didn't kind of relish in the fact that they made that jump yeah that's so true yeah you know so in a way like there's so many positives to it but then there's also the downsides of things everything's got its shadow side hey (laughs) yeah Yeah. except I mean you make the most of it so yeah definitely yeah that it is tough and I think too like with the 12-hour shifts sometimes like when they get home you're so wrecked there's so much that's happened that day you don't even have time to relay what happened and you're just kind of like okay hey you're here let's feed them getting them in a bed and it can be seven days before you've even had a proper conversation with your partner about what's going on with the kids and how you're yeah. coping 
exactly yeah. and then you kind of feel like you're like not connected in the sense of having yeah. a conversation and it's mm-hmm. kind of like you know then their days off start and they're trying to slot back into the routine of yeah. home life and you know they yeah. struggle with that and then you're also like you know well you you haven't asked me and it's like well we haven't yeah. had time and it's like oh okay like sure yeah yeah you know, and you kind of juggle it for the first three days or two three mm. days and then yeah. you find your rhythm and then you're back into <laughs> yeah oh, yeah oh good all righty well i'll let you go thank you so much i really appreciate it